You're listening to the Tuesday Talks Podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology. In Episode 7, Numerical's founder and CEO, Rebecca Johnson, is joined by the founder and CEO of Gated Networks, Douglas Rinaldi, to spotlight the urgency of restoring trust in the telecom world. Through tech innovations and regulatory insights, they uncover both the costs and the enduring rewards of reliable communication ecosystem. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand, identity, and communications industry. I'm Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and I'll be co-hosting today's session with Doug Rinaldi, founder and CEO of Gated Networks, a provider of enhanced display settlement services to the uh, branding ecosystem. Prior to Gated Networks, Doug was founder and chief strategy officer at a little-known company company called NetNumber. Huge, powerful, you did amazing work there. Became a big fan at that time. Um, NetNumber was a leading provider of core network signaling control technology to the global communications industry. Uh, The thing that you will learn very quickly about Doug is that he is a serial entrepreneur. He's the author of six communications-related patents and the subject of several case studies utilized by MBA programs around the world. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Engineering from Cornell University with distinction and an MBA from the Harvard Business School, uh, where he was a Baker Scholar. Welcome, for the first time, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I hope this is the first of many. Absolutely. And I cannot believe that we had this many Tuesday talks and you were not a guest and I was thinking about it and I realized that's because we did so many other talking engagements <laughs> that I probably forgot I need to have Doug as a guest on my podcast. So I am very excited to have you here. Um, I know that we will try to cram as much as we can into this short time frame, um, but I really couldn't think of a better guest to bring on to talk about trust. Uh, telecom trust transformation. And it really is a transformation. So I'm looking forward to diving into this, but as I always do, I love words and I love how they're defined. So I wanted to look at the word trust before we really take a deep dive into this concept with telecom. So trust is the belief in the reliability and the truth of something. Very simple. We hear talk of consumers have lost trust in the voice call. We hear it from the FCC. We hear it from the consumers themselves. You can Google it, you'll find it. It's on the news, on the media. And what this means is they do not believe in the reliability or the truth of the information presented to them at the time of a call. They don't trust the location. And that's when I'm referring to that local area code prefix. We don't trust it anymore if we see it. They don't trust the name presented. And they also don't trust Who's on the other end of the call? They just don't trust this because the information provided is not reliable. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree, Rebecca. You know, when the public switch network was first created, it was actually a physical network. I think a lot of people still have memory of that. Uh, There were wires that ran down the street and a wire literally ran into your house or ran into your business. And if you picked up the phone, you were utilizing a dedicated wire that ran all the way through the network. And a circuit was established 
And that was real, literally just linking together these wires from end to end. And everyone's seen movies of old movies of people tapping into the phone network, right? That's what was required to spoof something in the past. You had to climb a pole and actually intercept something on a wire. So that practically didn't happen. If someone called you, you knew who called you. They couldn't spoof where it came from. But 20 years ago, we started making a transformation from the legacy circuit switch technology to what is today known as internet technology or packet switch technology. And when we did that, we inadvertently broke that trust model. We now no longer have a reliable way of knowing who originates a call. And bad actors worldwide have taken advantage of that and users have now suffered enough that they no longer trust for good reason because bad actors are spoofing in an uncontrolled fashion trying to take advantage of us. And as, a, as an industry, as a, an economy, we just simply need to fix this. It has to go away completely. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny. I I kind of forgotten when you mentioned about someone climbing a pole and listening in. Um, I actually used to fear that <laughs> as a teenager. I thought my parents were going to listen in. I wasn't smart enough to know that all I did was pick up the other line in the house. You know, <laughs> try to easily lift up the click so that you don't hear. Um, but uh, I did have fears of that, like someone would be listening into the calls. Um, but yeah, so you know, this is what it really comes down to, and I think we. Um, forget that the reason why we have a trust issue is like you mentioned it's actually due to the technology you know so if we consumers are talking about not trusting the information presented on our phones we have to look at the delivery of this information and the technology that's used to deliver it that's actually the root cause of where this trust is kind of broken down and i took a little bit of time to do a little bit of research um, telecom goes back before the before i was born uh, so i go back to the 1970s and i was quite surprised that that's when the first kind of solutions were being created around delivery of information around the caller just delivering the phone number that it's coming from because you used to have the operator who would who would connect you and you knew i have a call coming in from susie you know at house such right. and such number would you like to accept it we trusted that. It was known information. We knew who was on the other end of the line. It could only be that one. And then you plug and connect and there you go. But then we automated. So we still always wanted to know who is it that's calling us. It's a little bit of the knock on the door. Who's there before I answer? So this technology has, has been in our minds for decades. But when I look back, Doug, at the advancement it was actually kind of rapid it seemed like in um, late 60s into the 70s there's all these patents and new technology and then we hit the 1990s and then it just kind of stopped we haven't really seen advancements around the delivery and the presentation size that was like two components of the inventions that i was looking at how do you deliver the information and then how do you present it and it's changed throughout the years um, and definitely AT&T and the Bells were some of the leaders in advancing that technology, but it's just stopped. And one of those technologies is CNAM. Um, where we are today, we still have CNAM as an option, but the newest technology would be branded calling. 
But there's still some trust issues with that. So why is it that we live in a state today where there is the CNAM solution and this new branded calling, yet we're still hearing from consumers that they don't trust who's on the end of the call? What is broken with these solutions? Sure. Well, I think at the core of it, what's broken is the network today is missing first a requirement for knowing who's originating the call. Uh, you know, typically known as know your customer requirement. That doesn't exist today. It should. There are know your customer requirements in many industries. Banking's the most obvious. You walk into a bank, you're not allowed to open an account and use the banking system without being known. You have to have an ID. And the bank is obligated to check it, make sure it's not fake. That you're not allowed to use the banking system if you're not known as an entity. The same requirement should exist in the phone network. Why is it that some Russian hacker should be allowed to call me and pretend to be someone else? Why is that allowed? It's an intrusion on me as a person. It's a threat to me as an individual. And they're using the public network to reach in and attack me. Why? Because there's no requirement to know that customer that originates the call. So that's, that's really a regulatory matter. And I think there's lots of good work going, being done on that. And then there's the technology matter of actually, once you know the individual, how do you prove that as the call is originated and terminated? Now, on the technology front, the good news is we actually have all this technology. The Congress and the FCC have done a fantastic job of mandating the implementation of some technology called Stir Shaken. We're not going to bore people with the details, but what it allows you to do is, with absolute certainty, know that when a call is originated, that the knowledge of that origination is protected and can be verified at the distant end. So if you did the work to actually know the user and then you signed it, it's, the technology is called cryptographic signature, you signed it at the time of origination, we could eliminate this problem. But we have to introduce this important concept of know your customer so that we can stop users from being abused. Yeah, and I and I think what, you know, if we go back to the example that I gave about how we trusted when it was a hard line, the the call's origination and the call's termination was across a single line. And obviously it was hardwired. Hard By the way, little known fact, my father ran or my grandfather ran one of those. He had an AT&T switch. Um, and he used to hire and manage those. So I, I saw a replica of one of those um, back in the day, but that's what it was. It was the delivery was there. So that's the delivery mechanism to which it cannot be compromised. The second point that you made was the know your customer. So it was known when you plugged in to that particular port who the entity was on the other end. It was that particular house, that particular phone. 
And when we move all of this technology to an open space like the internet, we destroyed the yeah, line the and we don't know who, there's anonymity. Like we completely destroyed what was the innate trust in communications. And we still have not gotten back to that. So that's kind of how I view the KYC part of it with Star Shaken. The Star Shaken is the line to create that end-to-end delivery, but the KYC is that right. missing element. Who is that on the origination side that, so that the terminating side can trust you know, who that entity is? And that's fundamentally, I think, why the current solutions that our listeners have access to um, are experiencing these trust issues. CNAM is a database, uh, and there's multiple databases, and it's up to the terminating carrier to make the decision on whether or not to dip into a database and pull information. It's detached from the originator. From the originator, right. The originator has no, no way to even really influence it because they cannot tell a terminating carrier what database to use. It's their choice. And your information for a single TN can be replicated all over the place. And you not really know how your identity is being associated with that telephone number. So it's broken. But, I mean, it worked in the beginning. And I, and I think it had its time. It had its value. Uh, it, it grew along with the technology. But it's just not trustworthy the way that it's been deployed. Now, I want to look at the other option that our listeners have, and that is branded calling. And look, I'm not here to say branded calling is a bad idea. I love it. I love it. Um, I actually want it to be better, though. I think there is an opportunity for this concept to be improved. What branded calling out of band has helped is put the enterprise, the entity who wants to be known, a little bit of a driver's seat to force their identity down to the terminating side. So they now can make sure at least when their call is delivered, their identity is presented. But they still don't have control over the line because a bad actor could also deliver a call to the terminating carrier using the exact same telephone number because we kind of wrapped identity up into this telephone number and have someone else's identity presented allowing this bad actor to pretend to be a bank. You could take Bank of America's numbers and say, hey, if I know they're going to get presented as Bank of America to the subscribers, why not pretend to be that? What are your thoughts on that where we are today? And then we're going to kind of move the conversation into what do we think the future will be? Great. So I think whenever you have a really big problem like this, it's going to attract a whole bunch of people that want to enter and validly want to try and solve it, want to try and fix it. And that's what we're experiencing. There are a bunch of efforts underway. We're not going to name all the names, but there are many companies that have built their company-specific solution, and they're out trying to address this problem. My personal belief is this, that's a great first step It's highlighted the issue, but this is a much bigger issue. This is all about the actual integrity of the public phone network. Think of the national investment that's been made to have this network that allows us to reach out and communicate with anyone in the country. We've lost the value of that. We're not going to fix that 
with a mixture of maybe company A covers a little bit of it, company B a little bit, company C a little bit, company D a little bit. That's just insufficient. Not thinking big enough. We need a coordinated ecosystem. All those companies that want to participate need to participate, but under some common rules, some common obligations, mm -hmm. some common structure. And it has to be audited. And there have to be penalties for violating the rules. There's, there are 30 million enterprises of all sizes in the United States that want to reach <laughs> yep. 300 or 400 million consumers. We need a real ecosystem. So I view everything that's out there today, fantastic first step. Every company that's doing it today will be and should be long-term participants, but we need to think bigger as an industry. Yep, and I think you've touched on, to me, the, the biggest lacking part. It's not so much the technology, but it is that oversight. It's that trust architecture. It's the trust framework that just doesn't exist uh, in telecom today. Uh, we have to create that. There's, there's roles, there's processes, just like you mentioned, in the banking space. Uh, banks would operate independently on their own. And that made for money laundering very easy. It was very right. simple to do. Uh, so there had to be some established processes. There had to be reporting mechanisms. There had to be oversight. There had to be penalties. Penalties. Um, right. I mean, I, you and I can get caught up in that KYC process, even on fund transfers. Just setting up my son's account has uh, been a bit of a challenge. And I'm not complaining <laughs> because right. I'm like, well, you know what? We do have to have this KYC process uh, on every single individual that wants to open a bank account because it can be used for nefarious activities if we don't have it but we've already accepted that you know as a consumer we've accepted this in the banking space so i think doug that's going to be one of the hurdles that we have to get through is the acceptance of it in the telecom industry telecom really does not like change like whoa right really does not like change at all so while you and I can talk about, hey, this is a very simple next step, it makes logical sense uh, as far as an industry is concerned, including the standard side of it, the regulatory side of it, I think it's still a bit confusing on exactly what are those next steps. And I think it requires innovators such as yourself, and I see we have some participants that I would put into that bucket of the innovators of us each doing our little part to help step this along. And we have to. Let's, let's talk about the other part when we're looking to the future. We have to do this, Doug. We cannot stay in the status quo as AI in, gets introduced, as the fraudulent actors get more so sophisticated for the future of our children to leverage these services. And this goes down to texting too. Any communication channel, we have got to implement and introduce the concept of a trust framework. And then we can grow from there. I guarantee the first one out of the gate is not perfect. I guarantee we're gonna have to make some changes and we're gonna make some people really upset. We'll make enterprises upset. It's gonna make carriers upset, but we have to do something. And I think we can at least get to the point where everybody would agree that the current state is just not secure enough. There's a future that we need to get to. 
And when you look out to the future on where this is going to go, you know, I, I know what my, I think my hurdles, you know, the hurdles are going to be for the industry. Who else or what else would be pushing back on this? Why, why wouldn't the carriers and enterprises and service providers embrace this? Well, I think money is, part, is actually a big issue. Agree. You know, back before, back in the day when this network was a secure end-to-end physical network, it was a lot more expensive. I built a business decades ago in international communications, and I was studying a route from calls from New York to Tokyo. And this is back in 19, late 1980s. The first minute of a call was $3.60 for one minute of a call. It was very secure, but boy, it was very expensive. In the intervening time, when we switched the network from physical infrastructure to packet switched, we got, as as a country, we got this huge reduction in cost. You can now call from New York to Tokyo for pennies. Because it turns out transmitting those bits of data, very, very cost effective. I mean, we really, that's been great. But we lost trust. One thing that the the industry's got to get used to is that trust is more expensive than bits of data. Yes. So, yes, you can connect a call for very, very tiny little bit of money with no trust. Mm -hmm. But if you want trust, it costs more. Mm -hmm. It actually costs a lot more. Now, it's a lot less. Is it more than $8.99 a month? A lot less (laughs) than what it used to cost, okay? So the good news is we're not going back. We're not turning this back to the 1980s. No. $3.60 a minute. We're still talking about tiny amounts of money here. But enterprises have to get used to the fact that if they want to be trusted and they want people to trust them, that costs money. Yeah. Shouldn't get upset about it. Think about how much money it costs to have someone call someone else. You're talking about many dollars. I'm discussing many cents, okay? Mm -hmm. But you gotta have to spend money to support trust. I think that's probably what causes the biggest consternation because people are always, they of course always want things for less. Well, and I think that's just the natural progression of it. I mean, we when we move to an IP infrastructure, it becomes much more accessible. The barrier to entry goes all the way down. And it is a race to zero because of the way that we've taken advantage of these technologies. But you but it also introduced fraud on a massive scale. Massive scale. So I, I think this is just, th- when we look back on this 20 years from now, we'll just see that that was just part of the natural progression to move to this next level. If we can bring back and keep the fraudulent actors out, you know, my hope is that the voice channel actually does become more valuable, more valuable than just what the value you get from the branded calling today. Um, you know, that, that we only have the good actors on the network and the cost barrier helps keep out the fraudulent actors. I mean, Doug, it's on so many of the uh, enforcements talking about uh, why was it so easy to deliver millions and millions of call in a month? Because it doesn't cost anything. 
Doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything. It's so easy to rob people. Yes, it's Um. so easy (laughs) to rob people. And that's just not right. Yeah. And Twitter taught us that you can't just charge for it. Uh, You actually have to have a KYC to it. So we learned from Twitter that the bad actors will pay. Uh, They will pay to be able to get their information through. So we have to do more than just a credit card swipe. Um, We actually have to put the KYC. So I think it's it's so critical that it's those two components and not one or the other. And I think we'll see a combination of the delivery of this information. It could be in band. Maybe it could be out of band. um, But it must be in a trustworthy, deliverable way that cannot be compromised or spoofed someone cannot mimic the identity if enterprises are having their identity verified then they deserve some protections if they're going to pay for it and i and i from what i see in the industry i think that's going to be the response back to it is yes there will be additional protections to ensure that your identity is not used against you because if it's allowed to do that which is one of the issues with the out-of-band brand and calling right now it's, it's a hard pill to swallow to pay for that <laughs> when you might actually just be exposing yourself to having fraudulent actors take your identity. Final statement, uh, Doug, from you before we close out. Well, I just want to say thank you for doing this. Thank you for continuing to raise the awareness. This is going to require, as I said at the start, an ecosystem. I'm very happy to be part of that. And I hope that we can achieve a world where everybody agrees. I just don't want to receive a call. If someone's not willing to do the work to be known, just please don't call me, okay? I don't even want my network to present it to me. This just needs to stop. And I hope we can uh, continue to raise awareness and make progress. Well, I agree. So we'd like to thank all of you for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Talks. I'll be back live on Tuesday, August 22nd to tackle the dynamic relationship between digital trust and zero trust strategies with Dean Coughlin, Senior Director of Business Development at DigiCert. In this episode, we'll challenge existing paradigms and provide actionable solutions that can be applied across all communication channels. It will be so good. We'll see you soon. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tuesday Talks. Our next live episode will be in two weeks on Tuesday, August 22nd, when Numerical's founder and CEO, Rebecca Johnson, is back to host with Dean Coughlin, the Senior Director of Business Development at DigiCert. We'll be exploring the dynamic relationship between digital trust and zero trust strategies in a connected world. So join us in our mission to promote transparency and collaboration to return trust to communications. Simply click the link to register and join us at the live show. Invite a friend and be sure to submit a question you'd like to have answered live.